Uh, we're not finished, though. We have another trademark case outstanding. and uh, <laughs> You're not done yet. Are you aware of that? No, I'm not aware of that. It's against Apple. During uh, the litigation to cancel Apple Music, they raised as a defense uh -huh. several Apple trademarks. And I researched one of them, and uh, it didn't appear that they'd ever actually used it. And you can't keep a trademark if you don't use it. So I filed a second action to cancel that trademark in 2018. We completed the trial in February of 2021. Now, it normally takes the USPTO's trademark court approximately 12 weeks after a trial to make a decision. It's been two years, and they refuse to decide this case. Uh, hello, my name is James Bertini. I'm an intellectual property lawyer, uh, specifically trademarks, and you're watching Folks Alert. To the folks alert show my name is kiko my guest today is james Boratini. I, I i i hope i got it right this time close it's bertini bertini james Boratini. how are how are you sir i'm great thank you how are you kiko i'm doing pretty good i'm doing pretty good listen i'm having a i'm having a, a much better day since you're here um i was listen i was reading this opinion today right and i was just just blown away at this 12 page opinion now i have so many questions for you right and i'm um, i'm extremely happy that you took my phone call last night and agreed to the interview and i'm so happy that you're here thank you uh, first are you aware of what's going on I mean, I, I know you've you've read you've read the opinion, and when when cases come back from the appellate court, the first thing we look at is the last page to see if it's a firm or reverse. We we don't even get into the opinion yet. <laughs> you know, I find myself that's the last that's the first thing I I look at. Okay, great, I got the opinion. Let me look at the last page. What do they do? Everybody does that. <laughs> you you've you've read the opinion. Uh, sure. great first congratulations thank you. you know um you were denied you filed your reconsideration you denied you appealed it's reverse um and some of the articles says you 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 quoted as saying that it's been a long struggle 
and I'm sure it has because you're going up against Apple. But have have it sunk in yet that you know this is going to be here for a long time? This is this is this is law. Has it sunken in yet? Well, Kiko, what I'm hoping is that this case can be used to help train a new crop of lawyers. That uh, people, law professors, will refer to it to help teach their students uh, about some of these important issues in trademark litigation and litigation in general. I am not. I'm familiar with criminal and civil. Trademark is a whole different ball game for me. But I, when reading that opinion, I got an education in regards to trademark. This case squarely was based on tracking and Apple's broad reach in order to use their previous trademark in order to, to give them priority. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Uh, it's actually tacking, 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 my apologies. tacking. tacking as in connecting. And the argument that Apple made was that, um, um, let me step back a second. My, my has been using his trademark, Apple jazz his first musical performance of his Apple Jazz band in 1985. Mm -hmm. Apple began using Apple uh, music in 2015, 30 years later. And the key issue in trademark law is who's first. The first person to use their trademark right has common law rights, uh, or they can register it, and then they have uh, a registered trademark. Uh, so. Uh, my brother had not registered it with the USPTO. He had mistakenly, uh, he had hired a lawyer who mistakenly registered it only in New York state. And uh, so when Apple Music, when Apple Inc. filed to register Apple Music, uh, I realized it was a potential problem. Uh, Apple is known for being very aggressive in not only enforcing its legitimate trademark rights, but making claims um, that are sometimes beyond uh, what they need to make to protect their intellectual property. Examples are uh, they've shut down people who've tried to register trademark for uh, Appleton area school district. Uh, another one was uh, Frankie Pineapple. And they actually stated in the legal papers to oppose the application of a trademark for Frankie Pineapple, she's an entertainer, right. uh, is that apple and pineapple are both fruits and people will be confused. Now, I think that's a ridiculous argument, but that's the one they made. Um, uh, uh, crab apple. Uh, these are some of the trademarks that they've, they've, they've attempted to and have often been successful in preventing from being registered. So uh, in, in, in order for them to um, to prevail in this case and to convince the court that the fact that uh, my brother's trademark was 30 years earlier uh, didn't matter is to connect Apple Music to mm -hmm. other trademarks they owned that they purchased from Apple Core that started before 1985. We're talking. We're talking about the Beatles. Uh, well. Apple Core was owned by the Beatles, Correct. yes. Uh, and so, uh, but however, this argument didn't make any sense. It didn't make any legal sense or logical sense. They try to make legal sense out of it by this tacking doctrine, 
but the tacking doctrine is very, very narrow. It allows somebody with a trademark that's almost identical to a later trademark with the same goods and services to be able to connect it so they can use that earlier date to say, this is when I started using my trademark. But it doesn't allow Apple to do what they tried to do in this case, which is connect Apple Music to a one word trademark Apple. They're not even, they don't even sound the same or look the same. Uh, and to extend it back for a wide range of goods and services. And they have done this repeatedly in their challenges. It's as if they, they, they've got a trademark on one word, Apple, and they want to connect it to any other word uh, that's used with Apple and claim that they're first. And trademark law doesn't work that way. And this court stopped them. You know, when I, when I read the board's opinion and the board decision. And when you say board, you're referring to the, uh, the USPTO's trademark court, not the federal appellate court, correct? Correct, correct. Do you think it was, do you think they got a little bit of leeway because they were Apple? Because the, according to the court decision, they only, the board only made the decision on two, on two parts. They didn't, they didn't. And they gave Apple the, 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 the leeway to just make it so broad on the 15 things that they wanted to, to trademark. Do you think that when they brought this to the board, it, because it's Apple, one would assume, well, okay, it's Apple. They must be right. Uh, I can answer your question. I'm going to refer to file documents in the uh -huh. appellate case. In the appellate case, I filed a motion asking to supplement the record. When you, when you, when you, when you have an appeal, you can only discuss uh, issues and documents that were presented in the trial. Correct. You can introduce other evidence. However, there are, uh, you can request permission uh, if you believe there are extraordinary circumstances to introduce new evidence. And I did that in the appeal. Here's the extraordinary evidence that I requested the court to consider. Um, after uh, we uh, got a favorable pre-trial pre -trial ruling in the trademark court, uh, the judge, two of the three judges on the panel were switched. And I found documents showing that one of the new two new judges had uh, had close. Uh, I describe them as as, as close uh, uh, professional and business ties with two of the Apple lawyers. Uh, specifically, uh, this judge had. Uh, and this is, again, this is from the file documents. Right. Uh, right. I, I stated that this judge, whose name is Jonathan Hudis had uh, authored a book about trademark law and that one of the one of the Apple, Apple lawyers had been a co-author of that book. I also alleged and showed documents that uh, that this judge had been uh, on an executive committee of the American Bar Association uh, at, at the same time or approximately the same time as one of the Apple uh, lawyers. And uh, I suggested uh, to uh, uh, to the appellate court that this presented the appearance of bias. 
and that it should not uh, that, that the USPTO should not have switched the judges and put on a judge that, in my opinion, uh, shouldn't have been deciding uh, this case. Um, that may or may not answer your question, but that's exactly what I allege uh, and, and placed in the record in the appellate case. I'm happy that you um, you clear that up. Clearly, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, here's what I love about the appeals court. And listen, sometime I go, I, I win. So Sometimes they don't rule in my favor. But what I like about the appeals court, they really don't care about who you are. They stick to the records. And clearly, when you made, I, I thought you should have got a, you should have got a favorable ruling with the board you know in your motion for reconsideration it was artfully pled Thank you. you you laid out all the facts <laughs> when i read it today i was like well, why why are we still here right because clearly it was it was very broad you you go to the appeals court and they look at the case and they reverse it but take me back to the board here you are it i mean I don't know how much you're involved in jazz music, right? But this is your brother. And I always say when when it's a personal investment or a personal thing, you you, you take it personal. And I, I'm going to assume because it's your brother, he came to you because you understand trademark law and he said, hey, listen, James, I need you to help me out. But again, when I look at the records at the board, you have all these lawyers on the Apple side and it's just you, James. It's just you. I called you last night. You picked up the phone. You say, hey, listen, I got a home office. You don't got no huge staff, right? Right. It's just you. So dealing with all these lawyers from Texas to New York, that would have been a little bit intimidating because they got a little clerk, right? No, it wasn't intimidating. <laughs> it was hard work. Right. Uh, but it wasn't intimidating. How long have you been a lawyer? Uh, 37 years. Do you always take up these cases? I, I have done cases that, that, uh, uh, weren't, uh, expected to yield, uh, a lot of money. Um, and in fact, uh, I've never made a lot of money as a lawyer because I don't tell clients, I don't give clients advice that would result in taking a longer time to resolve it. I tell them the quickest way to resolve the problem. And uh, sometimes that's not to my benefit financially, but that's right. the right thing. And that's how I practice law. Why did you choose trademark versus any other area of law to practice? Why trademark? Well, I, I didn't choose it, but I had a business with my wife. We had a, a indoor year-round farmer's market and school for urban homesteading, where we taught classes about how to raise chickens, beekeeping, vegetable gardening. And this uh, man in California who claimed that he, uh, he had a religious institute, although it was just him, he had registered a trademark for urban homesteading. And the name of our market was Denver Urban Homesteading. Well, the fact that those two trademarks are different is okay. It's like Apple, uh, Apple and Apple Jazz. They're different. Right. But 
he he claimed that they were the same. He filed a complaint with Facebook uh, and claiming that we were infringing his trademark. They shut down our our page. We had a shoestring operation. That was the way we advertised. And when we told him to rescind his uh, complaint to Facebook, he refused. So we started a legal action uh, at the USPTO. Uh, that was our first uh, experience with trademark litigation. Uh, it took five years uh, to cancel the trademark and another year to convince the USPTO to actually remove it from their records. Um, uh, <laughs> wouldn't it be, listen, James, wouldn't it have been easy to say, you know what? I got a church. You have the farmer's market. Uh, I, I can see how it may be. One may say it's similar. Say, you know what? What do I care? It's a farmer market and I'm doing religious service. It would have been easier just to say, okay, it's just a misunderstanding of him go about his business. Well, it, it, yes, it would have been, but he was, um, he was very aggressive and he had shut down a number of uh, Facebook pages around the country uh, from little people, sometimes even backyard farmers that use the phrase urban homestead or urban homesteading in the name of their Facebook page. Uh, I don't know what his motive was, but it was unfortunate that he took this action uh, because we started our case claiming that he had no right to have his trademark to begin with because it was generic. And uh, yeah, we couldn't convince the USPTO. They, in my opinion, failed uh, in that case also. Uh, so we went to a Colorado federal court where I believe the federal judge uh, failed to do his job properly, dismissing our case. And then we went to California federal court where a judge did his job properly and canceled the trademark. <laughs> trademark is, well, before I even get to that question, I want to talk about generic words. Okay. Sure. The words Apple. Okay. And music are pretty generic. Okay. It's like, I, w I would say it's pretty generic. You put the two and two together. I explain to me why it's, you know, and maybe the trade the trademark law is very loose to where it depends on what what agent gets that file, right? They may approve it or no. Well, yeah, sure, sure. People, the trademark examiners are human. They can make mistakes. Um, uh, generic, a, a generic word is generic for a certain thing. So apple is generic for the, for a fruit, for a, a particular, fruit. yeah, okay. it's not generic. If I want to name a computer company, apple, because it's, it's not an apple. If I, if I, if I, if I call a pencil, if I try to trademark a company that makes pencils and call it pencil, I can't do it because you're not allowed to trademark a generic word or phrase. But uh, Apple can can uh, can register as a trademark iTunes for music, but they couldn't trade. It's something else, right? That, they that's can't. That's just the name. The fruit yep. is is its name of fruit, but the fruit represents a company that makes a particular product. Right. right. You can't name a thing with a trademark. Gotcha. Whatever. Gotcha. So uh, so the, they can so uh, so Apple Jazz, of course, doesn't name anything. Those are two to words that don't actually have any meaning. Um, and that's okay for a trademark. Uh, and, uh, 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 but generic words are not allowed to be registered. Trademark, can somebody make a mistake? Sure, that's what they did in the urban homesteading case. Uh, 
because it was registered in 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 a to describe a sustainable home living, right. and that's what urban homesteading is. We that means it's generic, so that's why we were able to cancel it. Yeah, help me out for a second. Isn't urban homestead isn't that part of the HUD homes, or maybe I'm I'm confusing something here. HUD does. I I thought it was HUD homes did that yeah. urban. They do. They do have. Yeah, okay, but it, okay. But it's in a different class, so there's no there's no confusion. There's 45 classes Correct. that all goods and services, and you can be registered in one class, and even with the same name, not be conflicting with the same with another class like Dove Chocolate and Dove Soap. Okay, understood. Take me back for a second. Your brother's he's been a musician for a long time. This is what he does. Right. He's been a jazz player, you know, been doing his concert, been on his two steps. I looked at the Apple Jazz uh, seven years ago, 30 years anniversary. This is something he's been doing. Now, you said there was a confusion when the lawyer in New York only registered for New York State. Uh, How did you become aware that Apple was making a play to register Apple Music and take priority over that? How, How did you get notice of this? When, when a person files an application to register a trademark, it goes through a, a review process and then it's uh, public notice is given. It's, it's, they call it published for opposition. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's put on a log that comes out every day that you can see on the internet. And if uh, companies routinely review these to see if there's a, a trademark that's that may be registered soon that could cause a conflict with a trademark they have, and then they can file this legal action called an opposition. And I just happened to look at it one day and I saw uh, Apple Music was published for opposition and I began thinking about the potential problems. Okay, so you were already aware that your brother had this trademark, but you weren't... I didn't know he had a New York State trademark. He, He put the R in a circle uh, around the name of his his uh, his trademark, Apple Jazz, and and I just assumed he had a, a trademark registered with the USPTO. I never really thought anything about it. So when I saw that Apple Music was about to register this trademark, and it was similar to Apple Jazz, um, and I know that Apple's very aggressive with its trademark operations, um, I called my brother and I said. Uh, I thought you told me you have a trademark. Uh, and he said, I do. And I said, well, I just looked it up and, and you've got nothing. There's nothing registered in, in the USPTO. And right, right. he got mad at me. He said, I do have a trademark. Of course, he's very good with his paperwork. Right. And I said, well, send it to me. And then he sent it to me and I, I understood the problem right away. Right. What were you guys like growing up? I'm assuming you're older. He's younger. What were you guys like growing up? Oh, no. Charlie is about three years older than me. No way. Yeah. So he came to his little brother for help. Well, no. His little brother told him, you need my help. (laughs) (laughs) So did he apologize when when he got upset with you, when you told him, hey, listen, you don't have a trademark, dude? He wasn't really mad, but he just... He was he was just frustrated because I I told him he didn't have a trademark and he knew that he did. 
Have you ever been to any of his jazz concerts? Of course. He's pretty good. I, I didn't even know he exists. I went and listened to a couple of his jazz tunes. He's really good. Well, he plays in, in Orlando, so you might be able to see him sometime. I Listen, I was surprised when I was doing the research. I was like, wait, wait the guy lives here in Orlando. I'm definitely going to listen. I'm definitely going to talk to him. I want to play. Um, I want to play some uh, a little snippet of the Apple Jazz uh, 30 years anniversary. I want to play a clip from that. I want to come back. I want to talk to you about it. jamming out how how you know you got the reversal you know did you uh how did the conversation go when you you told him hey listen charlie we won oh he was he was delighted he was so was i we we're both very satisfied it was uh, it's been a long ordeal almost seven years um and uh we're 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 happy that we got to a point that uh, we're we're closer to being finished. Why did it? Does when you when you file a petition with the U.S. with the trademark office or you appeal, uh, is it typically does it take that long to get a to come to resolution? Uh, no, uh, it can take several years, but no, it doesn't usually take. Uh, well, set uh, the the seven years includes the appeal. Uh, so it took about five for the actual uh, trial. And no, I think many of them are shorter than that. Um, uh, but this, that, that's, that's how long this one took. Do you think Apple may petition the, the Supreme Court? I don't know. They have two options. They can ask the Supreme Court to take the case. Uh, they only take a very small percentage of cases. They can also ask the full appellate court to hear the case. And uh, I don't know what percentage of the time they say yes, but I, I believe they, they, they have an option to say yes or no. Well, I mean, that, I mean that's their prerogative, you know, if, mm -hmm. they, if they choose to go that route. Sure. But this case here, again, you're – listen, I called you last night, and you're like, hey, listen, who you are, and you're like, Oh, great. I'll talk to you. You know, very, very gracious of you. Uh, but you are. You're not really much. I mean, you're a lawyer, but you're not really much of uh, the limelight guy. That's more Charlie.
but this is a really this is a really big deal james like big deal like if you look it up every news outlet has has carried this story it's a really big deal and when i read the opinion because i'm you know i read opinions from a different person i have a different point of view this is landmark like this is going to be there i you said you're hoping that law professors and lawyers use this to reference in trademark cases i think they will we'll see uh we're not finished though we have another trademark case outstanding and uh (laughs) you're not done yet are you aware of that no i'm not aware of that Uh, it's against apple did you file it at the same time no uh during uh the litigation to cancel apple music they raised as a defense Uh several apple trademarks and I researched one of them and uh, it didn't appear that they'd ever actually used it. And you can't keep a trademark if you don't use it. So I filed a second action to cancel that trademark in 2018. We completed the trial in February of 2021. Now it normally takes the USPTO's trademark court approximately 12 weeks after a trial to make a decision. It's been two years and they refuse to decide this case. So what happens now? Because if it takes 12 weeks for them to make a decision and they're not making a decision, what remedy do you have? They, they don't have any rule that requires them to make a decision in 12 weeks, but that the chief of the trademarks uh, a, 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 a chief trademark judge, uh, Gerard Rogers, speaks regularly to the public at quarterly meetings, and he tells them that we decide these cases in approximately 12 weeks, but they don't have a rule. So what can we do? Um, uh, it's unclear. I'm not familiar with trademark law. This is more your, your, your thing, but in a civil case or in a criminal case, if a public official don't carry out their duty, I just file a writ of mandamus and make them do their job. Do you have that option? Yes, uh, one can file a writ of, uh, can seek mandamus order from a higher court, which would be the same court we just appeared in front of. Uh-huh. Uh, so that that is an option. It's, uh, uh, but again, if there's no time limit, uh, I can't uh, I can't make a mandamus request and say that uh, the, the USPTO isn't doing his job they, because it's been more than 12 weeks. There's no rule that says they have to do it in 12 weeks. Again, I'm not familiar with how this works, but I'm on, I can only speak to California state and Florida law, you know, where it says that it, the rule just says they have a right, they have a duty to carry out their duty. It doesn't give them a time limit, but, you know, maybe it's different. I, Yeah, your point is that they ought to act in a reasonable way, and they are telling the public they do these things in 12 weeks. <laughs> I agree with you. Right. I agree with you. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, this is extremely difficult just to get to the point which we got to two days ago. Right. Uh, yeah, so um, having to do it uh, even more of that, to finish the job of getting all these obstacles out of the way so that my brother can register his trademark 
is uh, well, every step is just more work. And we have to think carefully before we do it. We keep hoping that the government will do its job. Right. Now, for him, your brother still wants to reg register his trademark. So you have to wait till the time has expired for them to ask for a rehearing or petition the U.S. Supreme Court in order for him to go back to the trademark office to get his trademark? Uh, yes, it, it, the, they won't continue to process his trademark application until the time to appeal is expired. That gotcha. is correct. But also that other uh, trademark we have to resolve, the one that they won't make the decision on that we just spoke about. How is, how is that case joined to the, to the, to the present case? Because they claim that that Apple trademark conflicts, uh, that there's a likelihood of confusion with Apple. Oh, okay, okay. So that was part of the original case. So therefore, that needs to be resolved as well. It was part of the original case, but we made a separate issue out of it because it's not Apple Music. It's just Apple. Gotcha, gotcha. Understood, understood. Well, listen, you know, uh, I'm hopeful right i'm hopeful that you know they'll they'll rule in a reasonable time maybe they were waiting to see the outcome of what the appellate court was going to do typically that's you know some courts wait and now that the appellate court has made their ruling the board have a decision to make they stated that uh that the case that they won't decide is dependent upon a decision in the apple music case and that's why they can't decide it. However, it's actually just the opposite. They reverse logic as an excuse to avoid deciding this case. What do you do? I mean, listen, this it is it, just you. You're in your home office. Uh, and, you know, you, you did a great thing, right? This is this is wonderful it's going to be here for a long time you know i hope, I hope so and it's not just my brother it's it's for the fact else yeah everyone else uses these trademarks to bother small companies trying to register their trademarks and now it might make it a little bit easier for those companies to get their trademarks registered i, I think so because listen, when I read the opinion, I listen. I, I'm not familiar. I know a little bit of trademark, but it's not. It's not my thing. And I was like, wow, there, there's a doctrine called tacking. I, I didn't know that. So it, it was. I, I think you're gonna prevail, you know. But other than that, right? You know, do you think you're gonna take up more trademark cases? How do you pick your cases? Tell me about well, that. Well, I, I, I've only done three. I did one to represent our market, that, right. the homesteading case, and then I did two for my brother. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm at the top level, but I've only done three cases. But, but you've been you've been practicing law. But what do you typically practice? What what kind of cases do you uh, yeah. take up? I've done other litigation, uh, but not trademark litigation. And I've done a lot of routine transactions for people, real estate, business, um, uh, wills and estates. You know, talking about trademark and other litigation, the, the trademark 
cases are very different because you're not really dealing with a court per se. You're dealing with the board, right? Versus if you walk into a courthouse anywhere in the United States, the rules are quite similar. When you start going to the to the trademark office, like I went to the immigration court to deal with a case, right? I was thinking, oh, well, I'll just file a motion and everything. The rules are completely different. They have their own rules. So uh, I can understand when you say, hey, listen, you know, uh, this is my second case, third case. I don't know, you know, and you're still waiting on a, you're waiting on a pending case. Mm. What, yeah. what, what, go ahead. Finish your thought. My apologies. Uh, yeah, that. There are very complicated rules issued by administrative agencies, uh, as you correctly uh, uh, pointed out, and the USPTO is probably one of the most uh, agencies that has some of the most complicated procedures. They're used in conjunction with regular federal court procedures. Correct. Well, here you are. I'd love to talk to your brother, you know. Uh, get him on, talk a little bit about his, his jazz, you know, I'm sure he's excited that you guys have, have to bail in this, but you know, st he still wants to get his trademark, uh, registered. But other than that, you know, what's your day to day like? Um, gardening, um, hiking, traveling when I can, uh, yeah, I don't sit in the office all day. You live in Denver, Colorado. Correct. You guys are above sea level. Mm -hmm. How much gardening can you really do out there? <laughs> well, the sea, the, the the altitude doesn't affect it. It's just that the soil's not that good, and we have to amend it. Gotcha. Uh, we do with rabbit manure, chicken manure, uh, other animals on our urban homestead. We'll do. So the whole the urban homestead is going pretty well. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, James, uh, I think it was your wife that picked up the phone last night. Tell her I say hello. I yeah. really appreciate having you here. I want to tap back in with you as the, the other case moved through, you know, the disposition process, get some updates on that. But other than that, man, you're more than welcome to come back anytime you want. You know, this is a big deal, James. You need you need a. You really need to be a little bit more excited, James. It's a big I mean, deal. Thank it's you very deal. much. It's just, that's listen, it's just you, sir. It's just you. You know, yeah. it's just you dealing with Apple. I'm sure you write your own briefs. You know, this is not an area of law you even thought you was going to get into. And you've done mm -hmm. extremely well. Thank you. Pat yourself on the back. Uh, James, it was a pleasure having you here. Thank you for coming on, man. Thank you very much. You don't know how you don't know how excited I am, you know. And it was really a pleasure, pleasure having you here, man. Anytime you want to come Thank back, come back and let's talk. Thank you, Kiko. All right, you take care. Bye. All right, bye.